0: Empire. the in-game betting markets are maturing
1: if the markets are disabled or there's a lot of bet rejections users are not going to come back and, and keep betting so we needed to have um, the maximum availability especially with the you know you, you have that 20 second window we need to be available for that whole time
0: that's Mark Narenberg, COO of SimpleBet, who is powering the engines of the emerging U.S. betting markets. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. How much will the linear broadcast change now that gambling has literal partnerships with rights holders and leads, but also because the markets are changing themselves? It's a big question for everyone involved in the distribution of sports and one that the folks at SimpleBet are prepared to answer. Our guest this week is Mark Narenberg. He's the chief operating officer at SimpleBet, which is a B2B product development company that's using machine learning and real-time technology to make every moment of every sporting event a betting opportunity. Let's get into the micro-betting world with Mark Narenberg. Hey, Mark, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you
0: doing? I'm doing good. Um, we had on um, one of the former uh, co-founders of SimpleBet in the past. Um, it's been a while. Things have changed. States are changing regulations. There's more incorporation of the type of things that you guys are presenting. So give us an update. Where is SimpleBet now as you kind of get into the sports betting landscape? Yeah, so
1: I'm not sure when that uh, chat with Joey was, but in the past year, we've now been live with DraftKings for over a year, um, having great results across MLB, NFL, and college football, um, and some, some promising results uh, for basketball as well. We just went live with Bet365 globally, which was really validating for us. You know, I think they're viewed as sort of the leader of in-play globally. Uh, and I know they, they've tried to do some of the markets that we do. And after chatting with us, you know, they thought it was best to, to partner with us for these U.S. sports and what we call micro betting, essentially micro timeframes in play, which we feel are very well suited for U.S. sports. Um, and so, yeah, we've just continued to roll out new, new market types. Um, we've got five sports now. Uh, in the past year, we also stood up our own, uh, data collection operation for college, um, sort of out of necessity. There just wasn't, uh, quality enough live data feed for, for college to do the micro markets that we wanted to do. So we have over 300 scouts across the country in stadiums, um, collecting data. And so we're kind of powering that whole product and, and that's been a big effort and, very successful. So,
0: cool. All right. tell me a little bit more about that. That's really interesting. Um, you sent scouts to games; they're collecting data in real time, which is what then being turned around for betting opportunity.
1: Yeah, this is how it's done for for most sports. There's a some level of automation depending on the sport, but generally, um, they're calling scouts or statisticians. They're doing manual live data collection as quickly as possible to essentially provide a incident feed or or play-by-play almost, um, which is then used to create markets and odds. So for pro sports, we partner with companies like Genius for NFL, Sport Radar for NBA and MLB, as they're the uh, official providers and they provide that um, and probably do it in in somewhat of a similar way that we do. Uh, In college, there are no official providers, um, so uh, there's a handful of providers and, you know, we we decided we wanted to get into that and try to do that ourselves just out of necessity because those unofficial feeds that were available just were not up to the quality needed for the types of markets that we do and the amount of uptime or availability that we feel is necessary for user adoption and and ultimately stickiness.
0: Time is of the essence there, though. Is that ever an issue when you're doing it on your end and not using a provider to get the information as fast as possible to you?
1: Yes, speed and accuracy. So, you know, for everything, all of our modeling is automated, using machine learning, and we need to have an understanding of the exact state of the game in real time otherwise we're going to put out the wrong prices or have uh, the market um, resulted wrong or created at the wrong time um, so yeah a, a lot goes into that we in addition to doing our own data collection we've also got really good at automated defensive logic for when uh, other feed providers send incorrect messages for example they'll send Uh, the wrong 30-yard line on the wrong side of the field happens once in a while. Or if they send a a punt message before the fourth down message, like that was a problem for us in the early days. We figured out how to have all this logic to know when it's wrong and have just automated correction. So we're really good at at knowing the exact state of the game, meaning like, you know, it's first and 10 from the 22-yard line and the time on the clock or – in baseball, how many, you know, runners on first and third, two outs, the count is three and two. You need to know that exact state of the match at all times. That's very important for all of in-play.
0: Okay. Um, you said one other thing I want to go back to as well that I would like you to touch on. You had mentioned that these are markets that are really appealing to the U.S. sports better. Um, why? Well, Why is that the case?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, so the easy comparison is to soccer, which is you know by far the the most popular uh, sports betting sport globally. And with U.S. sports, you have a, a cadence where there's a meaningful event and then some time in between. Specifically with baseball and American football, you have a pitch and and then 22 seconds and then another pitch. And in football, you have plays. So there's a good amount of time and then a good um, authentic sort of event that's going to happen. And on top of that, these are things that casual fans have opinions about and talk about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when is there going to be a goal in the next two minutes or the next corner kick will be, you know, by player X? I, it's not a casual thing that people have opinions about but you know the Patriots are gonna stuff them on third and one and that's the, that's what people think and talk about or Aaron judge is probably gonna walk this at bat um, you know these, these are these are things that people have opinions about and and they want to bet on and I think that's different with US sports when uh, I mean, you don't really have that with soccer yeah
0: and then as you kind of have learned about building these, Markets. So let's take football as an example where each drive, the result of, could be bet on. Each play, as you put it, short of a team going complete, hurry up offense, could be bet on. Certain situations on third down, will they complete it? Will they be stopped? Will it be incomplete? Will it be a turnover? You could put prices on literally every single one of those things and maybe have 30 seconds to turn that around and put that market out there. Can you kind of take me through the uh, technology and the growth of it to get from a to b which is thinking through these things and actually making them an actionable thing that fans can interact with
1: yeah I mean there's a certain amount a certain amount that we control we we learned early through some some early struggles in 2019 how important that you know live data and match state stuff um, is for the thing really to have that maximum availability you know if if the markets are disabled or there's a lot of bet rejections users are not going to come back and and keep betting so we needed to have um, that maximum availability especially with the you know you you have that 22nd window we need to be available for that whole time Um, and then there's a lot of work on our customer side uh, for how to present these markets and showing users the right markets at the right time Um, and so yeah, I mean, interestingly, uh, for baseball, our most popular market is pitch result. Uh, uh. It probably does thirty-five to forty percent of all of our handle, and we have a lot more markets for at bats and half innings. Like like literal
0: basketball. actual each pitch, like this will be a strike or this will be a ball or this will be a hit or this will be a foul, like that.
1: It's it's ball striker in play. Yeah, and that does almost forty percent out of all of our MLB handle. Wow um, we also have pitch speed every single pitch you can bet the over under on the velocity of the of the pitch speed which is live in most states. Um, the yeah so so what I was saying is baseball that most micro timeframe is the most popular although at, um, at bats are popular as well we probably have the most spread out popularity in baseball of any sport. For NFL, it's actually the opposite. Our drive time frame markets um, are, the, are the most popular. Our drive result, uh, punt, turnover, touchdown, or field goal, uh, that probably does 40, 40% of our volume. And whereas the play markets, we have a handful of really interesting play markets, but they probably only add up to 20%. So we, You can bet every play, rush, or pass. You can bet every play will this be a first down yes or no you can bet will this be a touchdown on this play yeah um so that one that one's fun um last super bowl we tend to build up a lot of bets on touchdown when there's a commercial or downtime and so the super bowl uh the first play out of halftime was a like a long touchdown to t higgins um so that we lost (laughs) we lost quite a bit uh, on that one but I think. you know there's a lot of reasons why but you you would think it is interesting right that baseball has the most micro time frame as the most popular um and football it's actually the the drive markets that are the most popular i think a lot of that is discoverability and where the markets live in the nav i think for the the shortest micro instant time frames it's got to be front and center once you have to go search to find it you're just not going to have users betting on
0: it. There's just part of me that goes, and this really isn't for this interview, but there's part of me that goes, um, it's just proof positive that baseball's too slow of a game and people actually need something in between literally every pitch to keep them engaged. Honestly.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they are sh- trying to t- shorten that a little bit. The, yeah. You know, you heard that the pitch clock is going down to, you know, 15 seconds or 20 when there's a runner on base. Um, So, but I I don't know, for for micro betting, I think baseball is perfect. Yeah,
0: no kidding. I've always felt like golf would be the perfect sport for it, too. In between each shot, what the result would be. Will they get up and down? Will he make this putt? I mean, it's limitless in there. And there's a lot of time in between swings. So it's an interesting sport to look at. Yeah,
1: golf is going to be perfect. Um, You know, the rights holders uh, have... um, (laughs) They have, I think, an exclusive odds provider, and they're working on that. Um, and, you know, we would love to do golf, but they haven't been willing to, to work with us on that. So we've heard a lot of talk um, that there's going to be all these micro markets out there for yeah. PGA. And I'm just excited to, to see that when it's really out there. Yeah. Maybe we can get involved at some point.
0: This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion, For startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts, Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. You have a background of working at DraftKings. You were the vice president of game operations there um what did you learn about the experience of working in what i guess mainly it initially was a fantasy platform that you've brought to simple bet that you're using to try to move this company forward
1: yeah i mean so i've been in sports gaming sports gambling since i was 25 i was co-founder um of draft street which was um ultimately bought by iac we were a competitor. We were number two behind FanDuel for a while. Then DraftKings came along and acquired us. So, um, uh, that's how I got in there. And then what draft What Draft Street was great at was launching new sports and and figuring out the best rules. We were the first to do golf. We were the first to do soccer. So then when we got to DraftKings, that's what that's what they had my team doing. And there we launched soccer for them, and then MMA uh nascar league of legends and one, one thing i learned the strategy there was what they call wallet share and some of these sports were not necessarily driving a ton of revenue but but the thought is every time there's a big ufc fight and and we have it and FanDuel doesn't then all the users that kind of play on both they're going to come play for the ufc fight and now their wallet we have their wallet share that you know, then they're going to start playing NBA or or, or whatever else um, where they maybe don't have a huge preference stand over his So I definitely learned, you know, about product differentiation, especially in this. Type. It's very similar um, DFS to to sports betting in that regard. Um, just having product differentiation and users generally understand you can get a lot of the same types of bets or games on on, on different sites. So having something that users want that your competitor doesn't um, is worth more than just the revenue from that product. Uh, So that was kind of the strategy is like, let's find our good early partner, prove this out together. Um, And like DraftKings was that early partner and they um, have some equity in SimpleBet. so, So we're aligned. They understand this, but they're, you know. Um, we're giving them a differentiator, but ultimately they're, that's, we're going to prove out a product that now FanDuel, Caesars, MGM, Barstool, et cetera. Um, they're all going to want it and they're going to, you know, they're going to turn to us.
0: Okay. Um, and moving forward, as you work with all of these different partners with your product, what do they want from you? What are they saying that their customers want?
1: Yeah, I think that their customers want, um, more options to bet they want that availability that you know like i said users the experience of trying to make a bet and and getting it rejected or just the markets are down and not available um is not a sticky experience so that's that's what we're bringing that that they want um and yeah their engagement um and and Ultimately, right now in this market, uh, revenue and monetization. So we've made a concerted effort there as well. Uh, you know, for our first season of NFL, our whole percentage was 5.6%. Um, and this year so far, we're at 11.9% uh, on the season. Um, similarly, our other sports have improved. Um, and that's without the VIG increasing, really. So we've just, improved our models and also beefed up, uh, some of our trading tools and trading team. Um, so, so yeah, I think they're looking for new ways to, to monetize and try to get closer to profitability.
0: All right. Last thing for you. Um, I I wonder how your technology or others like it could be implemented into traditional broadcasts of games if it's not necessarily specifically to try to engender betting, but to provide information on what the probabilities are um, to the viewer. So do you see that as something that will be happening potentially with simple bet in that way?
1: Definitely. So we already have done some of that. Uh, There's kind of two things. What you mentioned is just surfacing interesting content. Um, And we've done sort of like, um, bet bet cash type. We with uh with some RSNs proof of concepts where yeah they're just showing um, the odds and they're changing with every pitch for at bats and I think that could be really interesting. We've seen Apple doing that with a, with a, a different partner, so I think that's going to become more popular. And then there's also actually doing free versions, free games uh, where you can actually engage and make the predictions. Uh, which we're doing with yes network in their app. Oh. So we have our markets are overlaid on top of their streaming um, And you can you can bet along it's free to play but you have coins and then you can win prizes um, And we've seen a lot of good engagement there uh, That that's one where you know, we're learning a lot about how our markets can create a good experience even with some higher latency from the video so we have to pick certain markets. You know, betting every pitch isn't going to work when the streaming's 20 seconds behind. Um, but we can like delay showing results so there aren't spoilers. and change the mechanics a little bit. Um, so we're we're really we see this future of kind of watch and bet and single screen and and in the fan engagement space and free to play. Um, we're definitely. In, for for yes we're trying to increase watch times and just uh have users keep coming back yeah and that's valuable for them um so we can get paid that way and then i think uh additionally th- this is, could be a good funnel uh to you know you can attract and groom users that might want to eventually make micro time frame bets for real money
0: yep Mark Narenberg is the Chief Operating Officer at SimpleBet. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. On the next Future Sport Podcast, let's focus in on one of those platforms evolving with the current landscape.
1: You know, the first thing is top of mind for us from a programming perspective. We just have to make them aware uh, of what's going on. Hey, look, the Thursday night game is this, and you can bet this game, you know, while watching it, you know, a simple play, here's the, the money line, uh, for that game. Here's the spread. Here's the totals. Try to explain the totals to them.
0: That's Kevin Grigsby, Senior Vice President of TV at FanDuel, as the network formerly known as TVG morphs from the home of horse racing to a variety of content and betting options. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Futures Sport Podcast. I'm Bram
1: Weinstein.